Hey, and welcome to Epistle, a devotional podcast that goes through the New Testament one book at a time. We're going to be coming to the end of Romans chapter 1 today, starting where we left off in verse 24. So God abandoned them to do whatever shameful things their hearts desired. As a result, they did vile and degrading things with each other's bodies. They traded the truth about God for a lie. So they worshipped and served the things God created instead of the Creator Himself, who is worthy of eternal praise. Amen. That is why God abandoned them to their shameful desires. Even the women turned against the natural way to have sex and instead indulged in sex with each other. And the men, instead of having normal sexual relations with women, burned with lust for each other. Men did shameful things with other men, and as a result of this sin, they suffered within themselves the penalty they deserved. Since they thought it foolish to acknowledge God, he abandoned them to their foolish thinking and let them do the things they should, that should never be done. Their lives became full of every kind of wickedness, sin, greed, hate, envy, murder, quarreling, deception, malicious behavior, and gossip. They are backstabbers, hater of God, insolent, proud, and boastful. They invent new ways of sinning, and they disobey their parents. They refuse to understand, break their promises, are heartless, and have no mercy. They know God's justice requires that those who do these things deserve to die. Yet they do them anyway. Worse yet, they encourage others to do them too. Remember here that as Paul is summarizing the life of faith as he writes Romans, it starts off with the knowledge of who God is and what he's like. This is the foundation of describing what a life of faith is like. You have to acknowledge God. God is gracious, just, and powerful, and these are just some of the characteristics and the nature of God that we are acknowledging here with Paul's description from just Romans chapter 1. He is one who made the world perfectly. And as we view God and as we start to see who God is, it doesn't take us long for us to see that even though God made the world perfectly, that things aren't perfect, which causes us to then naturally question what happened. The fact is that sin is the thing that happened. Sin is what separates us. Sin is impacting the world around us. And we see that every day, every time we turn on the news, every time we scroll through our social media feeds, we see the impact of sin around us. For the gospel, in order for the gospel of Jesus to be good news, right, there needs to be bad news. And this is acknowledged through the presence of sin. The bad news here is twofold. Sin separates us from God. And on the other hand, the second point of this is that mankind loves to sin, right? So this is the bad news, is that not only does sin separate us, but we continue in that separation. We continue to drive away from God. And imagine, like, when we talk about repentance, right, when we talk about turning to Jesus in faith, what we are talking about is a literal U-turn. So imagine going down an interstate or a highway where you are driving away from the destination as far and as fast as you can. Repentance, turning to God in faith, is that U-turn, where instead of going one direction, you are now heading in the opposite direction. And when you're talking about repentance and a life of faith, now you are pursuing the righteous actions and living in obedience to God's commands. Here, though, Paul continues and ends chapter one by mentioning specific sins. And this is exactly what he's talking about, is homosexuality. This is a, a very blatant and upfront uh, example that Paul uses to illustrate how much sin drives a wedge between us and God. And the fact that God is just 
is seen here. And the way that he is just in one of the ways of punishing sin is by allowing people to continue to sin. And I want to point out here and highlight something. Paul isn't singling out homosexuality as the worst sin of them all, right? Some people might read Romans chapter 1 and see that this is the one sin that Paul is explicitly mentioning for both men and women. Raises the question, how do we know that homosexuality is a sin? It's seen with how God makes male and female at creation. Romans chapter, uh, Mark chapter 10, verse 6, Jesus talks about this as well. Anything that deviates with from what God makes and what God intends is standing in opposition to him and is, by definition, a sin. So instead of doing what God designed, what God intended, they left the natural way. This is what happens, not just with homosexuality, but with any sin. We leave the way God designed us to be and do our own thing. And in case we start thinking that Paul is singling out homosexuality as the worst sin of them all, all sin is equal in God's sight. An example that was made is imagining that you're swinging on a swing, right? And one of the chain links break. Doesn't matter which chain that is. It doesn't, right? Because you're still going to be going for a fast ride to the ground. All sin is resulting in the same consequences. And God has to punish sin. He must. That's just who he is. Paul is using homosexuality here to prove a point to show how sin plays itself out. All sin is equally bad and equally disobedient to God, and God does punish sin, and he allows them, as Paul points out here, to continue in that sinful lifestyle, and we see the greater consequences of not just practicing homosexuality, but to go and, and to see as you live a life of sin, doesn't matter what that sin is, these are the greater consequences. They continue to compound and add to each other, where eventually we just it's no wonder that we continue to be lost. It's no wonder that we continue in disobedience to God because the punishment of sin is more sin, right? People continue to go on and pursue the sinful lifestyle. And almost uh, to justify the fact that he's not just singling out homosexuality, take a look at verse 29, where he's talking about wickedness and greed and hate and envy and murder and arguing and lying and acting maliciously and gossiping, right? These are all sins, Paul isn't just picking on the one, and I, I realize I keep bringing that up, but I want to be just really clear as Paul is showing us just the incredible impact, the negative impact that sin has in our lives as it drives that wedge and continues to separate us from perfect fellowship with God. Sin is its own punishment. We have and we acknowledge that there is a moral standard of what's right and wrong. We see that through the way God designed us, through creation. We acknowledge that we are without excuse through God's own revelation of himself through creation. We know that we should treat people fairly. We should be kind and fair to the people around us. That is a sense of morals, of right and wrong. Do we do that? Do we treat people the way that they ought to be treated? No, we don't. Right? And this is taken from the first chapter of C.S. Lewis's Mere Christianity. We acknowledge that there's a moral condition, and we acknowledge that there's a moral standard. Do we live by that? No. And there we see sin. So as we wrap up Romans chapter 1 today, the takeaway question for us to see and to discuss with each other is what are some of the immediate consequences that come from sin? Thanks for listening to Epistle. You can find, follow, and give feedback on our Instagram page at e underscore pistol. 
You can find all of the episodes for this podcast wherever you get your podcasts, and please feel free to share them with a friend. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode. Thank you.